you see this as a moral victory? I don't believe in moral victories. No, I, I, I see this as a, another positive development from the overall, what are you trying to get out of this season, Bears movement. Hi, you're now listening to the Bear Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Y'all know what time it is. Tell the truth Monday. Welcome into the Beer Minimum Podcast along with co-host Clay Harbor. I am Marshall. Here's Clay. Woo! What a game. What a game on Sunday. Uh, the Bears, uh, they've now lost, yeah, 10 of 11, seven in a row. They're 3-11 and 11 on the season. Things are, not, things are not great overall, but there are some positives to take away from losing a game by only five points to the team with the best record in the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I truly believe, and maybe I'm crazy, but I truly believe if Nathan Peterman never has a step foot on the field, the Bears somehow find a way to pull it out. But, of course, Justin Fields dealing with some cramping issues because he thought that since it wasn't hot, he didn't need an IV before the game, but of course he was wrong. He need, he says, I'm going to take an IV before every game from now on because he exerts so much energy every time he steps on the field. And what were your overall impressions of just this game against a team fresh off the bye that we knew that they're probably going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know, overall, with everything included here, I think I don't like to throw out the, the, the term – moral victory right you know because it's like this is the nfl and it comes down to did you win or did you lose and what where's your team going but looking at this team equinemi st brown is out first drive after catching the ball justin fields is throwing the ball to brian pringle the simba webster and Velas jones who might as well be running running around there with his hands tied behind his back because this man just can't catch but anyways with that, with that team, Justin Fields single-handedly kept this Bears team in the game. And I don't like to use the term, like I said, moral victory. I played in the Jaguars, I played in some, some teams that, that struggled. And moral victory was always a tough thing for me to say because I know in this, in this league it comes down to did you win or did you lose and it's results-oriented business. That's what my coach always used to tell me, Ron Middleton. He'd say it's a results-oriented business. And that's, that's true. Or show me the results. But this Bears team has shown me something. The defense overall, I know they gave up 425 yards. You know, A.J. Brown had a ton of plays. But overall, I thought the defense played well. They got off the field in some key situations. Offense didn't help them out. But overall, the defense stepped up. This D-line was trending up. They actually made some plays. Besides the the big run from Jalen Hurts when when Jaquan Brisker blitzed along the wrong gap, I still don't like that call. You don't go man-to-man, zero blitz with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback on a, on a third and long because I give, you know, nobody's looking at the quarterback. 
That's just you're just asking for him to scramble for a touchdown like you did, Marshall. You could have ran that in. You think you could? I mean, I could. I could have uh, probably moonwalked that in. You think you could have scored though if you're back there? Uh, if I see him going to the wrong gap and there's just a it was like the overhead view, not like the all twenty-two, but just the overhead view, like the Madden view, we'll call it. Like who could not have scored on that play? Just hit the hole and go. There's there was no one within what fifteen yards of him. Fifteen yards. I think you could have scored there. That's why I'm asking you. I think you could have scored. Man, my my bad IT band is telling me I don't know. Let's not let's not do that. Let's not do that. That's what my bad IT band is telling me. But you just got done with your F45 workout. I think Marshall could have scored on that play. But overall, you know, obviously besides that call, they held the Eagles to 25 points, one of the best offenses in the league. MVP candidate Jalen Hurts. You know, he didn't throw any touchdown passes, did have 315, but I don't think the numbers that he had were indicative of the game they had because this game was close. And the, the Bears actually actually played well, in my opinion, and the offense obviously was struggling. Your best offensive lineman goes down in the first quarter. I mean, that's tough. Tevin Jenkins is a pro bowler. He goes down in the first quarter. How do you recover from that? You're going against the best pass rush in the league, the team with the most sacks in the NFL. And obviously it didn't go well. But overall, I think this team showed a lot of fight. Justin Fields, just reiterating the fact that I think Justin Fields is the guy. He's out here. People are like, oh, he didn't. He he couldn't throw. What he only he only threw for 150 yards. Who's he throwing it to, Marshall? He's throwing it to Nassimbo Webster. David Montgomery. That's who he's throwing it to. He's throwing it to David Montgomery and Cole Komet. Okay. No weapons. That's no weapons. That's what he has. And the fact that he had two touchdowns and no interceptions with that receiving core out there is really indicative of where we are. I mean, there's a certain segment of Bears fans that are so happy with the way this game turned out. They're so happy. A couple of reasons. The Bears lost. The Bears only have three wins. They may only have three wins all season. And I don't know if you saw what happened to the Seattle Seahawks, but they won a game. And so, or not, not Seattle Seahawks, Denver I'm sorry, Broncos. Denver Broncos. The, the yeah. Seahawks had the pick, but the Broncos won a game. So now the Bears back in the driver's seat for the number two pick overall. <laughs> and that's what, that's like Bears fans are like, if you give me Justin Fields playing well, but we still get the loss every time, I'm taking it. And that's really kind of what's happened all season long. So since the Roquan Smith and the Robert Quinn trades, uh, the, the Bears have shown you that, you know, they, they, they're competent enough to score. And as you said, razor thin at every position on offense, it seems. Uh, the Tevin Jenkins injury was, was big. I'm not calling him a pro bowler like you are, but the, the, the Tevin Jenkins injury was big. He supposedly... Uh, gonna be okay. It was a a, a positive uh, kind of outlook when Matt Eberflus was talking about it post game. I, I, I was impressed. I'm not gonna call it a moral victory because I don't. I mean, you win and you lose. You are what your record says you are. But just to listen to Cole Komet after the game talking about how disappointing he was and how they didn't play well enough, and they weren't of this belief that like the Bears are supposed to lose to the Eagles. They were like, if we play our game, we think we can win. And they came out on the opening kickoff. When you get a flag on the opening kickoff as the kicking team, that's never good, man. That's not good. They had several penalties early on, Clay, that were just like, all right, did y'all come to play today or not? But Justin Fields literally puts on the Superman cape, man. He puts on the Superman cape, and that's the thing. He goes into the the phone booth. 
Yeah, like, like I, I'm sure there's, I know there's a blue medical tent, but he's got some other place he goes and puts the cape on and comes out here and balls out. He had a 119.5 passer rating. With, like you said, what weapons? No. What weapons? Against, against one of the top defenses in all the NFL. He got sacked six times. Three different Eagles had two sacks. And yet he was still getting it done. The play where he got out from cramping, like it was a holding call, so it was a third and 14 after, after the play. But he was right there ready to rush for a first down. I mean, like I said, before Nathan Peterman stepped on the field, I was like, oh, Bear still got this. He's, I was like, he's going to get his chance to prove that he can get it done in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they came up short. But overall, do you see this as a moral victory? I don't believe in moral victories. No, I, I, I see this as a, another positive development from the overall what are you trying to get out of this season Bears movement. That's what this is. Justin Fields continues to develop, and the Bears continue to take L after L after L. They may very well end the season on a 10-game losing streak. And that's okay, because they'll have the second overall pick. With, with Justin Fields, go off topic a little bit. What do you think it is? Because did you, did you see the play when Ndamukong Sue and Justin Fields is sliding, and Ndamukong Sue balls up his fist and literally punches Justin Fields in the head? That's just what Sue does, right? Like, we, we've seen this for how long now? Uh, his whole career, he's been a guy who, who tries to just do – He's doing the most. He's doing way too much. And the fact that he didn't get the call, what I loved about that play, obviously not that Justin Fields got slugged upside the head, but that he advocated for himself to the refs. Like, yo, what, you're not going to call that? Yes. I, that to me, that is leadership. He's been kind of a guy who just leads by, you know, doing, not super vocal. Yeah. But I liked him being vocal in that moment. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to make things happen here. And you can see the ref say that's not a penalty, but when the ref, when the ref looks at the tape and he sees what happens, he's going to know that's a penalty. Do you think there's a specific reason because he's a runner? You know how they're trying to protect the quarterback, and I mean that's a play where the guy's sliding. You got to protect him. Do you think it's because he's a rushing quarterback? Like I'm trying to figure that out, and I, obviously I played with Michael Vick. You know, and I, Michael Vick wouldn't get a lot of those calls either. You see a guy like Tom Brady get those calls, and I think it's just the fact that they see these guys differently because they're athletes and they're, they're running quarterbacks. And for whatever reason, they're not getting these calls. Tom, if that happens to Tom Brady, the Dominican Sue might be suspended. They might take them off in, in handcuffs. They're bringing them out. Put your hands behind the back. You have the, remi- the, the right to remain silent. He's getting usher, ushered out of the stadium. If he does that, if he punches Tom Brady in the head. Yeah. Oh. The, the, the big thing is that would probably happen in the pocket if it was Tom Brady. When is Tom Brady declaring himself as a runner like Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and yeah. some of these guys have been wont to do? I, look, I, I think here's the thing. You've got to protect yourself. And I like that uh, early on in this game, he was sliding. He's like, I'm not taking the contact. Uh, he said something interesting after the game when they asked him about, you know, rushing for 1,000 yards because he got to 1,000 yards. Yeah. And now, he, you know, and he said – they asked him about being a thousand yard rusher in the future. He's like, "Oh, this is this is it for me. I'm not. I don't plan on rushing for a thousand yards again, because he plans on being a pocket quarterback. He doesn't want to take that abuse." But it's funny. He said that in one breath, and then a couple of moments later, they asked him about breaking Lamar Jackson's record. And he really took a second to think about it. And he's like, "Yeah, I can do it. I can do it." Um, so, so I I think there's a 
I think he understands like the talent. He also said early in the week, he was like, I never really saw myself as a runner. This is a recent thing. Like I'm, I've recently become a running quarterback. He said, he, this wasn't really what he did at Ohio state. And he's right. He was out here throwing at top, top level college receivers who were getting open easily. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I mean, they had a heck of a heck of a receiving core now. And the, but the fact for him, that is another thing that's so promising with Justin Fields is the fact that he goes from throwing to those receivers that have an obvious advantage over the rest of the Big Ten. I mean, I love the Big Ten. I grew up a Big Ten guy. But um, they it's like JB versus varsity over there. I mean, they're, they're much better than a lot of these other players. So the fact that he is now playing with bad talent, a lot of less talent than, he, than, than most other teams in the league, and he's still putting up 119 rating, two touchdowns. That's impressive. And I love the fact that he doesn't see himself as a runner because that shows me that he wants to improve as a quarterback. He's not a guy that says, hey, I'm just going to rely on this talent. I know I got this talent. I'm faster than they are. I'm more athletic than they are. And that's good. And for a 23-year-old to realize that, I think that's special. And that's why I think Chicago is so excited about Justin Fields. So moving forward from Justin Fields, we all, we all know he had a, had a, had a good game. Um, I would say that he's another winner this week if we had to say winners and losers of the week, right? Justin Fields came out and proved again with that, especially with that run. What do you think of that run? Did you think he got in at first take? Yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, did he, did he stay in bounds? That was like my first initial question. Cause he kind of like the way he was spinning around and contact and just the way he's able to take a hit, but not a direct hit in the open field. It's like, if you don't get him in the pocket or get him like close to the line of scrimmage, he's not going to take the full running hit. Cause he's too quick. He's too quick. He's way yeah. too agile. So I thought he got in, but I was kind of like, did he get in? And then you, like, immediately they were like, oh, no, you stepped out of, out of bounds just inside the 10-yard line. So I was like, oh, okay. But it's still, I was worried at that point, like, oh, they're going to have to depend on Cairo Santos to kick another field goal. But immediately, David Montgomery, next play, touchdown. And, like, literally, the best two players on offense, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, they maximized them in this game. And they had to. And they still only lost by five points. It was still a one-score game. Seven times this season, they've lost a one-score game. Yeah. I thought if the, if he scores during that play, I think that's the best quarterback run of all time. And not only – to just finish on fields here, um, not only is he the best running quarterback in the league, I think – I mean, he might be – you put the ball in anybody's hands. I don't care if you're talking about a running back, the guy who gets paid to do it. Justin Fields is a top five runner in this league, okay? He is that big, that strong. And I mean, okay, Saquon, I mean, you got Derrick Henry. I mean, there's some guys, but Justin Fields is six foot three, 230 pounds, and to run like that, his acceleration, his balance. Who is getting away from Hassan Reddick like that and taking that play outside the pocket and almost scoring? To me, he's. I don't know, top five, top five, top ten. I'll make my list after this, and I'll send it to you, Marshall. But I think that's uh, <laughs> this guy, even running back, you put a running back back there, they can't do the stuff that he can in the pocket as far as elusiveness and running that football. But he's obviously a winner. So who would your next winner be as far as the game is concerned? You know what? This is kind of off the beaten path, but I have Matt Eberflus as a winner because yeah. you wondered – and granted, there's a lot of young guys on the team who are trying to, 
like we, we always talk about, create tape for whoever might want them in the future. So, you know, there's a personal pride plus, you know, the future of your NFL career is on the line. But he had those guys ready to play coming off the bye and ready to compete with the team that's 12-1, and one, now 13-1 and one in the league in the Eagles. I think Matt Eberflus is doing a good job in a bad situation. And even though they're taking L's, I can see them not necessarily having a losing culture going through this. So Matt Eberflus, for me, is a winner this week. I think that's great. Honestly, I think I'm going to go for a winner this week, and I'm going to say Allen Williams as well. I mean, he's been going through a lot, and look at the talent he has. You know, I've been going back and forth. Okay, Allen Williams – I like this guy. Obviously, we got to give you, you listen to his pressers, and this guy is just composed. He always says the right thing, but he just doesn't have talent. And the fact that you have all these injuries, Jack Sanborn, your best linebacker, you know I'm a big Sanborn guy, he goes out and Nick Morrow steps up, has a big game. Uh, Joe Thomas, I mean, there were some, they, they were playing the D line, got some pressure on Jalen Hurts. Like overall, that secondary actually looked pretty good. So I think Allen Williams is a winner, too, for being able to piece together this jumbled defense. You need four new defensive linemen. I'm sorry. Next year, I don't want one of those guys starting. All four. They're all gone. Linebackers? Okay, you can argue. Uh, my, my man Sanborn is back. Nick Morrow, maybe. But you definitely need another linebacker. And then secondary, I think, obviously, Eddie Jackson's out. Secondary, you know, might be okay. But you literally need four d- d- different defensive linemen some depth pieces at linebacker, and this defense is just a jumbled mess. You finally got Brisker and Gordon back, which leads me to my next winner of the game, and that would be Kyler Gordon. I think he had a big pick. He showed coming back that he can he can play. Gordon and Jalen to the whole secondary. Jalen Johnson, A.J. Brown had 180 yards, but Jalen Johnson played him well. He gave up the one big play, but he had three pass breakups. This guy was, was playing – A.J. Brown, very tough. And even when A.J. Brown caught a, play, caught a pass, he was right there. Perfect coverage. Obviously, it's not perfect coverage because he caught the ball, but <laughs> the defensive backs, big winner in my opinion. They had a great game. Obviously, when you give up 300 yards, you, you don't think you'd be saying that. But the way they did it, I think that was it was a positive watching the game. I haven't watched the All-22 yet, but from what I saw in the game, I thought they stepped up. Jalen Johnson, big time. Kyler Gordon showed me some things. Jaquan Brisker had a couple nice plays. So they're a winner in my book. Look, I, not much to speak of with the defensive line. As you said, they, they weren't as bad as they have been. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pinnell stood out to me just because he was able to force a fumble, first of all, but also a big pass deflection in the red zone. Uh, look, you're just looking for anybody just to make a play, you know? Hold steady, and when you get a chance to make a play, make a play. And that's where, that's where we are with this team. Yeah, absolutely. I thought uh, to finish up on my winners here, um, I thought Sanborn played well in the first half before he got hurt, which is unfortunate. And It looks just like a high ankle sprain. You know, I think he's going to get an MRI, and they're going to update us today. But, you know, Sanborn played well. The guy, I mean, he made a couple. He played a nice couple plays in the first half against Jalen Hurts. I said Hurts has the ankle. Where he chased him down? undercut the block, Hurts has the angle, chases him down, just clubs his foot. That dude can just play play football. He's a football player, man. I'm still I'm still team Sanborn. Um David Montgomery, what were your thoughts on the game he had? This is his last game before Khalil Herbert comes back and I thought he made the most of it. I thought yeah, that he did I mean, a nice job. 
the Eagles have a good defense, and he was just out there trying to give them whatever he had, like in terms of pounding the rock. Like, that's what he did. And then he was good in the passing game, too, three of three on, on his targets. So that, I, I think there's something to be said there. Another thing, you know, the, the, the conditions out there, 18 degrees at kickoff, a wind chill of three degrees. Okay, and by the way, it's going to be worse this weekend when they play Buffalo. But Jalen Hurts said he couldn't feel his hands, and that's why some <laughs> of his passes were like bad passes. And I'm wondering if the same thing was true for Justin Fields. On some short routes, he couldn't hit it. He threw in like a little bit behind the guy. He wasn't very accurate. And I was like, you know, I, I'm always concerned about that. his passing game. Yeah, but, that was concerning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but if it was really that cold and they said – you know, in the press conference afterwards, when they were asking Jalen Hurts about it, they were like, yeah, man, it was, I couldn't feel my hands. It was cold. And they were like, well, you know, these are the conditions it's going to be like if you're playing playoff football in Philadelphia. And he said, it ain't Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He, he said that, huh? I didn't see that one, but that's facts. It's funny he knows that, too, that that like, yo, like, I don't care what's Because, like, me going back and forth between New York City and Chicago, I've realized people talk about the East Coast being cold. It's a different type of cold. Yeah, it's kind it's of a bone-chilling cold here. Which is, but I still believe if you just layer up, you're going to be all right. Man, uh, I've tried. Football yeah. players can't necessarily layer up, though, because you're playing football. And, like, I was always on the, the mind that I'm not going to wear sleeves. Why? If you Why, if you wear sleeves, Why? Why would you choose to be cold? It's not about choosing to be cold. It's about putting that mindset forward. And when that defensive end looks at you and he's all sleeved up, he sees me flexing. He goes, man, this guy don't care. This guy's t- this guy's out here. It's it's five degrees, and he doesn't have sleeves on. What's wrong with this guy? When I go to the sidelines, I'm putting on that quarterback coat, and I'm staying warm. But it's a mental thing. You can't wear sleeves. But my thing is, maybe Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields wear a glove, and the the next play. So he, sometimes Fields just you can see it's his it's his mechanics. And then the next play, he tries to throw that wide receiver screen after missing Komet, and he does that little gunslinger thing he does. And, you know, sometimes it works for him. But go back to the fundamentals, baby. Bigfoot Tim Duncan, you know, you, you do that. You don't need you know, to be you know crunchy. How, you know how in basketball, Steph Curry has affected, like, every kid growing up and every, every young player thinks they can shoot from anywhere? Yeah. Well, now the Patrick Mahomes effect is, watch this. I'm a, my dad's a pitcher. I can change my arm angle, and I can do this, that, and the other. Not everyone can do this, that, and the other, though, as an NFL quarterback. No, I agree. So um, moving forward, we talked about some of our winners, Jalen Johnson, uh, Kyler Gordon, these defensive backs, Sanborn, Fields, Montgomery, big game, three big catches, a touchdown, 4.4 yards of carry, really, really some tough yards. And um, I think he made himself some money, a big Montgomery fan, but some losers in the game, I'll start us off because I think the biggest. Well, loser... Hold on, before we get to the losers, let's let's, let's yeah. have a little halftime right now. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halftime. First of all, how was your weekend? Outside weekend of football, it was great. You know, I didn't make it to my favorite. The only spot, only problem was I didn't make it to my favorite place. You know, my favorite place is on the weekend. That's Joy District. You got to come and check out the four, the three floors of Joy. That first floor. You go, you watch a game, you have a cocktail, you have some nice bar food. The chicken tenders are great. The nachos are good. I, I love those nachos. Beautiful place to watch a game. Might go check it out tonight, watch some Monday Night Football there. Um, second floor. You guys already know who's on the second floor. Your man, Marshall. He loves to dance at nightclub, the Joy District nightclub. You go up there, um, beautiful place. 
I mean, if you're single, there's, you know, there's some beautiful women in there. There's some eligible bachelors in there. No pun intended. You go out, you check out that second floor. It's a good time to go up to the rooftop. It's enclosed right now. You still got that great view of the city. You have a cocktail. You're on a date. You know, a nice little cozy date. You know, they have some Christmas decorations up there. It's actually a really nice spot. So you check out the rooftop of joy for the day. But make sure if you're in Chicago, you're a Bears fan, you're trying to do something, they got you covered on all three floors, the three floors of joy. Friday night, Joy District. Friday night, Saturday, whatever night you want to go, Joy District. No, no, I'm talking about this Friday night, Joy District. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Because I've never been. So yeah, we need to we need to have Marshall come out and wingman for me, man. Because uh, you know I had uh, I didn't have a very a very uh, eventful weekend. So I was in I was in New York City, and I was just trying to. Um, I went out on Thursday, and okay. I think we. Uh, I went out on Thursday with watch some watch some football, but then uh, Friday I didn't do anything. I went and I got a facial. Right, one of my buddies. Knew a knew a lady that's a uh, that she she does the skincare, and I went and got a facial, and I, I, the girl's beautiful girl. And I'm like, wow, like she's whatever. And um, my buddy hits me up, and he's like, yo, like the the facial, the skincare lady, esthetician. I don't know what you call him, right? Yeah, esthetician. esthetician you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, the esthetician like likes you, and like she she wants you to go on a date with her. And I'm like, yeah, like for sure. Like I would I would do that. And this was this was a couple weeks ago. And now, like, we're me and her, like, she's texting me, and it's all, like, kind of business. She's, like, giving me skin. If you could see, if you're watching this, you know, like, this clip, my skin's actually looking pretty pretty good right now. You know, for a 36-year-old man, I'm looking looking pretty good. And um, she randomly hits me up, and she just shot her shot. She's like, yo, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, nothing. I was at the gym. She's like, do you want to go grab a drink? And at first I said yes, but I had a flight in the morning. And I get home, and I'm running behind. I had a project for Kelly School of Business, and I had to cancel on her. You canceled like, on her? I canceled on her. I feel bad. She probably thinks I'm um. Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. How close to the time you were supposed to meet up did you cancel on her? Like two hours. <laughs> so she might have been already getting ready. I felt bad, but I'm like, I, I can't do this. Okay. And so uh, what happened then? So nothing. Where she? I'm like, hey, rain check. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'd, I'd like to definitely do this another time. And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. Have a good weekend. I haven't talked to her since. So I feel bad about that because I had to cancel on her. But uh, I, I'm gonna hit her up this week and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I definitely want to see you again. And then there was uh, there was one other thing. So in Philadelphia, I had met a a cheerleader at uh at one point just going through i was there for the eagles event like alumni event i randomly met this girl and we hung out we, we hit it off a little bit you know only hung out one time um and she was in she was in chicago and saturday i had a couple of events to do i had to finish my work i'm finally done and um she's like hey i'm in chicago with some family um if you're do, if you're free saturday night we should do something so i messaged her saturday night and didn't get anything back from her. And I'm like, whatever. Like, and I ended up just relaxing Saturday. So I'm like, oh, you know, she must be busy. Sunday, she comes back and she was like at the game. She went to see the Eagles game and and she's uh she's like, Hey, if you're free, like I'd love to do something. I'm like, Man, it's Sunday, like I, I got some stuff to do and I'm not trying to like go out and get drinks on Sunday and you know, get ready for the week. I got some homework, I got some projects I gotta do. I got a speaking engagement coming up. I got to make sure my speech is all ready for. 
So I say yes again. I'm like, hey, let's go grab a drink. And I thought I was planning on doing it, but I got behind, so I had to cancel on her. So but you canceled on two women in, in a matter of two weeks? In two days. Three days. And uh, <laughs> so I had to cancel on her, and uh, we never ended up meeting up. So now I feel bad. So I don't, I'm like, man, maybe I just ruined it for both of these girls because if you cancel, I feel like that's, uh, they, they kind of take that to heart. How close was it to the time you were going to hang out when you canceled on the second girl, the Chicago, the, the, the like Philadelphia an hour Eagles cheerleader? An hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, that's dicey, bro. You can't be doing. You can't be doing that. You gotta. You gotta well, keep Saturday, it in order. We were supposed to go out. I'm like, yeah, let's come meet up. Like her, she was. Gonna but come but meet when did up you? When did you hit her up Saturday? When did you hit her up Saturday about going out? Well, I told her that I had an event. It was going to be late, and I was like, "Yo, around ten thirty. And she like, I'm like, "Hey, are you still up for tonight?" And she didn't respond. So then the next day, I'm like, "Hey, like, I'm sorry." So I said yes. So I'm like, maybe we're even now. I sh- I'm not trying to keep score, but you know, yo. My piece of advice to you, Clay, yeah. don't get in that game playing scorekeeping mentality. You'll never, you, you will always lose when you do that. You will I always wanted to hang with her and I wasn't keeping score, but I, I thought I did the right thing by, you know, staying focused, you know, making sure I plan my day and getting some stuff done. You made, you made your priorities very clear about what it was. You had them, you had them both on, uh, for lack of a better term, the back burner. They're they're just chilling, and you're hoping they'll be there when you're when you get around to it. That's what I said. I said, "Hey, I'll be in Philly in a couple of weeks. You know, I do these uh, appearances in Philadelphia for the former Eagles players, and uh, I got a, got another gig out there in a couple of weeks." I said, "I hit you up." She just said, "Okay." <laughs> I'm like, "Dang!" Oh, I said, "Oh, not the okay text." <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Listen, I don't know a whole lot, but I know when a woman just says "okay" flat, especially when it's just "o" and the letter "k." Things are not okay. Okay not means okay. it's not okay, right, Marshall? Yeah, okay means it's not okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you understand that. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of off right there. Yeah, okay doesn't mean okay. It kind of messed up. That's that's actually that 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 story. Those two stories uh, intertwine over a three day period, seventy two hour period. That's a perfect lead in now to the losers from this Paris Eagles game. We got the top of losers card because I tell you. I'll tell you who's at the top of my car, but I'll let you go first. I think we got the same person at the top, unless you're talking about me. But no, uh, no, not talking about you. It has to. We, it has to be the same. We're on the count of three. We're gonna say it. We're gonna start first name, say last name. So one, two, three. Bayless Jones Jr. Oh, <laughs> not the same person. But. Not the same person. Who'd you oh, go with, Alex person. Leatherwood? Cody Whitehair. Okay, yeah. Oh, because of the money that he's going to get paid and everything else. He gave up four sacks. Okay. Okay? No, no, no. no. How many sacks would Alex Leatherwood have given up if he played the whole game? He might have given up up ten. (laughs) You know, I I didn't want to crush the Bears' hopes, and I promise I'll never do this again. But, I mean, I I saw some some technical issues, honestly, in last week or two weeks ago, even when he had a decent game. I'm like, okay, this guy's opening his hip. He's not bending well. He's slow. Like, this dude is slow. He's not aggressive. I mean, maybe if you lose him inside, he's big. He can play. But overall, I mean, Alex Leatherwood just doesn't look the part, man. Maybe you move him inside, but he is not an offensive tackle. And I was hoping, you know, he had a couple decent plays, you know, last game. But he doesn't look the part. I don't think 
he just has the ability. Like he, you don't see like the, you don't showing, the potential there. The, the building blocks aren't there. The quickness and the aggressiveness, the mindset isn't there for me, for you, for you to show me that you're going to be a big-time tackle. I know he's a high draft pick, but there's a reason that the Raiders let him go as a first-round pick, and I think we saw it. I mean, he's not he's not the guy, and I I mean, he needs a year at least, another off season, maybe something could change. But I don't want to see him back on the field again this season, unless it's not Justin Fields back there, because we can't risk him getting Justin Fields hurt. But besides Leatherwood, I think another loser here was Cody Whitehair. It's supposed to be a veteran guy who's getting paid, who's getting paid a lot next year as well, who's supposed to be one of your most consistent offensive linemen, gives up. Three, four sacks. And these are games, man. As a tight end, like, the games aren't easy, but you know the Philip Eagles are a team that run these loops in these games. He's acting like he's never seen it before. If you're a rookie, I might give that to you. But everybody knows the scouting report. You're going to talk. You, you look at the tackle as you're going out there as him as the guard. You go, hey, Braxton, rookie from FCS school, watch the game. Okay. We, we got to be prepared for this. And I know it's different when the bullets start flying, but as a veteran, as a tight end, that's the first thing I'm doing when I'm going out there. I'm alerting game. Yo, yo, alert game. Alert the game. Alert the loop. Alert the loop. I'm telling my rookie that. If I'm playing next to a rookie tackle, that's what I'm telling him. And for him to get beat on the same plays over and over again, and a couple of times he just got manhandled, but he's the biggest loser there. And to me, it shows that the Bears have another need at left guard. I wasn't counting left guard as a need. That's a need. If Cody, if Cody Whitehair doesn't show up these last three games and show that he can do the things he's done in the past, this guy used to be a Pro Bowl player. He's not there anymore. I don't want to say he's washed, but that game made it look to me like he's washed and he can't play starting left guard in this league. Biggest loser for me is Whitehair. Listen, Bayless Jones Jr., what? A third-round pick, and he's oh. a wide receiver. They're supposed to have great hands he is demonstrated on more than one occasion hands like feet. Feet aren't meant for catching or holding on to the football. Yeah, he has like now fumbled the ball three times in nine appearances. Remember, he wasn't even active some of those weeks. It's, it's not a good look, and I don't know where he is mentally. I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back. No, I'm with you. I think that, I mean, probably one of the biggest stretches when we had Mike Renner on, PFF Mike Renner, I mean, we had Jacob Afonte on. These are two draft specialists, right? This is what these guys do. And both of them told us that their least favorite pick in the draft, like that's telling. When you have two big-time draft specialists that say this pick was a terrible pick before the guy even played in a game, and then you see how bad he is at holding on to the ball, it's very telling. I think, I mean, you just got to chalk that up as, you know, Ryan Poles made a, made a bad pick and this guy can't play. And the, the, the sad part is he's 25 years old. This guy's about to be 26 this year Next, by the time next season comes around. Right. There's not room for growth there. You're not a 21-year-old player that's, you know, a college kid coming up. You're a grown man, and you don't have that much space to improve. So this is who Valus Jones is. You know you got to hold on to the ball. You know your issues. And you still can't do it. I'm sorry, but I don't think you cut him now, and I think you give him a chance next year. But I can see him being a guy next year that's competing for a spot that doesn't make the team. I remember when I went to training camp. I can pull up the tweets, the receipts. I go, Vales Jones is dropping balls in warm-ups, running routes. 
you if you can't play receiver if you're dropping balls in warm-ups. And I know there's I've been a guy that's went through some spells with my hand. I know a lot of good receivers, you go through some spells of dropping, but you don't consistently fumble and drop the ball. You might have a drop here, drop there. You go, you get on the jugs, and you let it go. I think it's something mental, man. I think it's like the yips in baseball. You know, you heard of the yips? Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Nabla. Chuck. Yeah, you can't throw the ball to first base, man. He's got the yips, but it's with catching and holding on to the football. I think, I mean, you should have the rest of the year. Honestly, it reminds me of a guy in high school when you'd be in layup lines in basketball and the guy's <laughs> missing layups. And I'm like, how are you missing layups in the layup line? <laughs> it's uncontested. You're just running up, jumping as high as you can and just laying it up. Yeah, that's bad. I think we covered all of the biggest losers, though. I think we got white hair, Leatherwood. And Velas Jones. I think besides that, there was no nobody that stood out to me that was like, wow, like this guy, you know, there, there's some issues here. Uh, is there anybody else that, uh, you know? No, I just want to circle so, back um, because we have <laughs> three more games left on the schedule. Do, do you feel like the Bears are going to win another game this season? No. They're not going to win another game, and I'm okay with it. I think they continue playing games like this. That you, you can see the improvement, and I don't think they're going to win another game, man. And how about the, I think the Texans can win a couple more games. And they the have Texans looked really good the in losses. They have looked good. They have had teams on the ropes. Is there a chance that the Bears could, if the the Texans can pull off a couple wins, that the Bears could get the first round pick? They'd need two wins. That's the thing. They yeah. have to win two of their last three games. They have one win. So I, it's unlikely. But the, the Texans do look better. The I Texans mean, Lovey Smith better. has that group playing better than they have all season. Yeah. So and and there's probably a segment of Bears fans like, man, I wish we would have lost that game to the Texans because then everything would be different. Yeah, the Bears beat the Texans. Everything would be different there. So um, Justin Fields, you know, we were talking about it, but he says he, you know, he does want to break the record. Do you think he can do it? He's at exactly at a thousand yards. Right. What's the record? Like twelve oh five. Twelve oh five. I think he breaks it, man. He just, you know, I think he breaks the record. What do you think? Yeah. He he want well, he said he wants to do it. So now I know when it comes down to it, that last game against what, the Vikings? Yeah. And I the Vikings defense isn't No. No. Yeah. So yeah, I think he I, I think he can do it. You hope he gets Chase Claypool back. You hope that, you know, Equinemia St. Brown can play. Like, he really is. We're talking about the bottom of the barrel from, like, what if you look at the Bears receiving core at the start of the season to what they have operating right now, it's n- nothing from the top half, basically. It's not good. My bad here. Sorry about that, Marshall. It's okay. Listen. Yeah, it wasn't one of my, uh, one of my lady friends, so. So, so, so bottom line, here, here's what we learned this week. The Bears are still playing hard football. Justin Fields still wants to make things happen. Young players are getting better. Kyler Gordon, Taquan Brisker, welcome back. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Jack Sanborn. Um, and Clay needs to stop canceling on 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 potential wives. That's that's what I got. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I got to step it up there, definitely. But overall, you know, we told the truth today, man. I told the truth about these these beautiful ladies that I did cancel on, but I'm trying to be you know, I'm trying to be productive, man. Girls want guys that get stuff done and are successful, so I'm putting that out there. So I'm you, trying you know to the old saying, right? Back. You know the old saying, right? What's that? Men have lost a lot of money chasing women, but they've never lost any women chasing money. 
So yeah, yeah. you need to be productive, man. They'll, they'll I'm find you. That. I'm going to use that quote. Thanks for that. But overall, man, we told the truth today. We had some winners. I think J- Jalen Johnson, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, uh, Allen Williams, Eberflus, all showing some, bringing this team back from the bye week and fighting against Philadelphia Eagles, losing by five points to the best team in the league. That's a winner. Losers, white hair, ugly game. Leatherwood, he's not a tackle. Valus Jones, you got to go, bro. I'm sorry. But, I mean, we're telling the truth here on Tell the Truth Monday. Uh, moral victory. We don't believe in moral victories, but we think this team played hard, and we think we saw a lot of good things out there. You know, prayers up for Tevin Jenkins. He's had a heck of a year. Guy's a pro bowler. He, he literally came out and showed he's one of the best guards in the league, telling the truth there. Eagles have an unbelievable pass rush. Obviously, the Bears' offensive line didn't look great. Um, we didn't talk about Santos, our kicker. We'll get to that next time, but I still have some I have some issues with my kicker uh, telling me he can't kick a it was like a 48 48 yard 47 47-yarder but the win the win the win the win yeah and speaking tough. of the win I just want to remind anybody listening He's keep an eye good. on this keep an eye on the good. forecast the next few days because yeah. my uh meteorologist uh Rob Ellis over at CBS2 said the models are showing anywhere between 18 to 28 inches of snow on Saturday whoa, 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 whoa. Did you hear what I said what was that? Anywhere between 18 to 28 inches of snow. Now, you said it's Where? not like a sure thing until we're 72 hours out. But that's what all the models are, are forecasting. He's got like four days of like the little red bar when it's like winter alert. Like it's going to be in the single digits this weekend. Okay. So get ready for yeah. that, Clay. Yeah, that's 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 wild, man. And um, I'm looking forward to this weekend too, Marshall, because uh, Friday night. Get to. Uh, Get to have some fun at Joy District, the the, the three floors of Joy. It's Go the first it night. It's the, it's the only day I have off between now and December 29th. So working hard. So here we go. And Clay, you'll be in studio for the Bears post game show on CBS two because we've got the Bears and the Bills on CBS two. It'll be you, me, Matt Zahn, Jackie Costick will be at the stadium. We'll have a good time on Sunday, correct? Sunday, CBS 2, Bears post-game show. Make sure you tune in. We think it's going to be a good game. Hey, chance for an upset? You just told me they weren't winning another game all season. I, just I know, but is there a chance, Mark? Of course there's a chance for an upset. Any given Sunday starring Justin Fields as Willie Beeman. Mm, I like it, baby. I like it. Bears, maybe another Bear. Marshall might pick an upset. You know, you got to find out on uh, – Yeah, I'm not ready to do all that yet. I got to find out who's healthy and who's not. And we'll give you guys an update then. Until then, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Yeah, we'll see you on the next edition. Thanks for listening to Clay Harbor. Marshall Harris here on the Bare Minimum Podcast.